When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove here at St James's Park. After what was a less than entertaining game, at least from Newcastle's point of view, joined first by Kieran Kelly. Kieran, I'm going to ask you, Mark and Lee, to come up with one positive, and that's where we'll start with you. Sorry to put you on the spot. If you can see his face, he's a little bit nervous at this question. Find me a positive from that game. I got to see three new signings. <laughs> that's what Steve Bruce said as well, wasn't it? He said that was one of the pluses. We got to see the, the three was, new signings. I was going to say injuries, but of course Hayden limped off. Because uh, we've seen so much. Okay, there wasn't three people going off injured. No, I mean, yeah, we're really clutching at straws. But yeah, I think for the fans to see see three good guys going, oh, even then, you know, it was nothing to write home about. You know, I think it said it all that Rose and Lazaro had more to do defensively than offensively when they were brought on to essentially kind of give Newcastle a new dimension in the second half. So yeah, it, it was it was a horrible game. <laughs> And it would be fair to say that looking at them two sides, you would struggle to pick Norwich as a side who were bottom of the Premier League based on what we we saw out there today. Yeah, I mean, you go back. I think as uh, the game in August, Norwich's first home game back in the Premier League, and that day they looked like the side with the Premier League now. So Newcastle looked like the kind of deer in the headlights, so to speak, with a lack of experience. The way they approached that game, I thought today that memory would have been fresh in their minds and while it was not not quite as bad as that day the you know this was a, another poor performance and I think you just you just worry with with Newcastle that they've had a lot of smash and grab wins this season how sustainable is that you know when you retreat deeper and deeper and deeper you you rely on the counter-attack and transitions when your forwards aren't firing all cylinders. They certainly weren't today. Um, and it doesn't sit really right with people when we saw earlier in the season against uh, Brighton and Watford where a team comes and dominates possession and has the better chances and Newcastle are lucky to get a point. I think ultimately it proved um, you know, it's a, a point gain today because they're really lucky to come away with it. But that is the big challenge for them going forward now is they don't look comfortable when the onus is on them to create like it was against Oxford last week but equally how can you keep doing this where you you play a risky game when you invite pressure the, the centre-backs are so deep and you're essentially looking for that moment where you can flick the switch and so Maxman is, is able to do something magical and you, you go ahead so uh, that's the big challenge for them not only for the rest of the season but come the summer now how can Bruce get the team playing the way he wants? Well, that was one of the main issues, wasn't it? That it was clear that everything was going to go through Alison Maxim, who I think we turned one of that after about 10 minutes and said he doesn't look 100%. Steve Bruce said it in his post match press comments as well that he's not 
fully fit or he doesn't look like he's maybe match fit is probably the, the right word to say and then you look at the two midfielders midfielders who played that day Ben Salem and Hayden they were just far too deep they didn't look like they were going to create anything and when you when you are just going through one man who is St Maxim it's very easy for a visiting side to, to you know uh, defend against that yeah and that's it and the, the mad thing is you know Newcastle had chances as well uh, you think of that Joe Linton header first half Fernandez laid on they really wouldn't have deserved but they could have got it and then you know Bruce no doubt would have said well got the win just as he said today got the draw but yeah you, you look at Sam Maxman how much they missed him when he was out for six weeks uh, I think yeah as you say he doesn't look the same player and just getting that extra gear he has that we all know he has that makes him really tough to defend against and Premier League defenders still figuring out that I think you could see it against Narch you know often had three or four players around him when he got in the ball today was similar to uh the last last week against Oxford where the time time again you could see why he's doing was almost predictable which really isn't him you know that he would cut inside a kind of a comfortable save for crew when he'd have a shot from distance and hasn't really had the x factor in the past couple of games but you would hope that um it's a case of it might be a mental thing as well you know when you come back from when you've had two two if not three bad hamstring injuries haven't never had them before uh, getting used to the intensity of the Premier League you're running so much more that's playing on his mind as well but we all know what he is the talisman the sooner he's backfiring I think far for coincidentally Newcastle will be firing again I wish I had a pound for every time I'm going to say what I'm about to say next Mr Martin Dubravka again we would be we would be standing here and we would be talking about a Newcastle United defeat if it wasn't for Martin Dubravka and as I we always seem to talk about how good he is. So we're not going to do that because we you know we you know we do it every single episode, nearly. But one thing I will pick up on is the fact that they were, you know Chelsea are struggling for a goalkeeper, and I, I don't want to do this because <coughs> the window is closed and the, the summer window is a bit of a weird. But if he continues to perform like he does, and a team which just seems to still switch off every now and then, you know Chelsea might come sniffing about. Yeah, I mean. Uh... You look at Chelsea as well, they're probably going to be looking for a number two keeper because Caviero wasn't looking too solid either today. But yeah, it's. I think that's always been there in the background. Um, even before he signed the new contract, you know, it was well known that there were a lot of teams on the continent looking at him. I think with Dubravka, you know, some people point to the, the odd error he's made in the past 12 months. But if you look on the balance of play, the amount of crucial saves he's made, take that Sheffield United game, on paper in years to come that'll be a comfortable 2-0 win on paper it looks like if you're looking at the result but he made must have been about five or six amazing saves that night this winter I think every second game pretty much he's made really important saves and a rule of thumb just as some maximum is crucial to Newcastle when he plays well Newcastle usually win it's the same with Dubravka if Dubravka plays well Newcastle usually get the points um, if he has an error in him they usually lose so I don't think that's a coincidence either but uh, he's there's a reason why they gave him a long term deal there's a reason why it took a while to get that deal done um, it's so important to keep him and you build a team around guys like him he's thinking hopefully that Newcastle one day can start competing to get into the Europa League that's his hope and yeah they have a long way to go but you need players like him um, he's, he's absolutely huge 
Sorry, the coffee machine's just come on and just turned off there in the space of 30 seconds. Have you heard that in the background? Um, yes, so, I mean, other things today, you know, the defence has been you know, relatively strong, but there was moments when they did switch off. Lascelles uh, really messed up a clearance and Pookie was, was through. Um, and then there was a moment in the first half as well where Clark just totally misjudged the header um, and he had to he had to recover. It, is it? Why is that? Is that just a moment of a lapse of concentration, and that's that that's expected every now and then, or is it something more? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's a contrast really, because um, Chelsea game is two weeks ago. They limited them to four shots in target. Chelsea arguably have more threatening players, uh, move the ball even better than Arch on their day when they have possession. They can zip it around, and Newcastle defended really well that day. Um, I think today, as much as they made mistakes, you also have to remember Fernandez made that huge block on Pukki. That was, I know Pukki was pretty wasteful today, but it, was not, it just looked like he was about to score before he pulled the trigger and Fernandez gets in. And then you have Clark uh, when uh, he makes that goal line clearance. I think he, he inadvertently touched it on to make it that nervy. But Dave, I think there's a reason why he's stuck with those three in the past few weeks and probably why he will stick with them because while maybe Lejeune and Cher give you more in terms of going forward which I think is going to be important going forward for Newcastle he just seems to almost trust those three guys at the moment a bit more in terms of performances in the past couple of weeks you know it's bizarre that Newcastle have been generally pretty poor but they're on this ridiculous unbeaten run um, and I think that's why he was almost reluctant to, to bring Rose and Lazaro in from the start as well so I think it's just one of those weird games. They they play Oxford on Tuesday. If they play like that, they're going out of the cup, and that'd be such a shame because I think, yes, it's a tricky run. You have to do it the hard way. You have to go to West Brom potentially after that. But Newcastle are going to be one of a better chance of getting to a quarterfinal, so they really have to raise their levels again. And just to wrap up from you then, Kieran, we had three Premier League debutants today. I'll give you the option of picking one, and uh, you know just summing up what you what you saw from them. Oh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> God, pick one. That maybe just shows you just how bad it was <laughs> no, here today. No. My head's <laughs> my head's gone. No, I think um, I'm going to go with round pick one. I just think you you saw um, how much of a lift they gave the fans momentarily when they came on first uh, Lazaro and then Rose I mean the fact Rose already has a chant about uh, his love of fish which is quite funny um, I think they'll, they'll all have a huge role to play Bentaleb he looks he looks rusty pretty understandable really and the thing is it's not like he's going to have 30 games on a loan spell to to really show show his best stuff in my opinion so that's one to watch I think I still would like to think he isn't just going to be this sitting player. I think there is a another level in him where he can give them something going forward as well because the whole reason Bruce claims he didn't sign a strike was the guys he brought in would help with the creativity. Um, and that's what you hope you, you'll you see from the three of them. But they're, they're all going to have big roles to play in the, the next few months. There we have it, Kieran. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm off to find Lee Ryder um, to get his thoughts on today's game. So now we're joined here by Lee Ryder. Lee, um, we've seen some bad games of football uh, this season, bad performances by Newcastle. I was quite impressed with Norwich, actually. But from a Newcastle point of view, where does that rank in terms of what you've seen this season? Well, it was... I mean, Newcastle amazingly haven't played that well 
in the last two or three weeks and they've still managed to emerge unbeaten seven games which is incredible really um, given how how they played today I started to fear that they weren't going to get the three points um, after the first half when Joel Linton the headers saved he, I mean, as I said before the game, didn't I? He's getting closer and closer. He's he's getting into positions. He is missing the chances now, um, whereas he was afraid to get into those positions um, a couple of months ago. So I started to fear that the three points were going to slip away from them. But sadly, um, they weren't able to, you know, push on after the break. And then, you know, they've emerged with a point. On a day when you know Norwich had 15 goal attempts, so look at the end of the day, I think Steve Bruce probably summed it up well when he said, "We'll take the point and move on," and that's all Newcastle can do. They can't go back, so they have to take the point and look at the table and think, "Well, at this stage of the season, we would have accepted the position we're in with the points we've got." Yes, that's the bizarre thing, isn't it? Into the top ten, at least for this evening, um, unbeaten, like you say, in, in seven and all competitions. Uh, I was going to ask you about Bruce there, and he, you know, obviously his quotes um, after the game. One that stands out is, I think, what's important when you play so poorly is that you don't get beaten. Yeah. Um, old professional, old professional approach. Um, funnily enough, spoke to one of the players down in the mix zone. He said exactly the same thing. You know, if you can't win, don't lose. Newcastle have done that today. They haven't lost, and look, this ha- this happened many times under Rafa Benitez um, so I've, you know, I've seen the there is the meltdown on, on social media yet again uh, overreaction on some things and you know it isn't a good result Steve Bruce admitted that but I think the, mess, the message coming out of that press conference was he doesn't feel he can just suddenly tear up the playbook and, and change to something else because this is what these players have got it, they've got it drummed in their heads it's going to keep them up this season, so why why change it now? Or why change it? Because at the end of the day, you know, they're nine points away now from hitting the magic 40 mark. There's still three months of the season left. They've had a decent season, so why change it now? You know, If you're going to do something dramatic, do it in pre-season and go into the next season. Is that the key there? Because a lot of people on social media are asking, why doesn't he change the formation? And we asked him that in the, in the press conference. And as expected, he referenced, you know, obviously... Less the Leicester game where he tried he tried to change it and they were badly beaten, um, and he, he did say it's something which I eventually uh, will do. But he says I've changed us three times this year and we've been badly beaten. It's the balance. He says they're comfortable in the way they play, and then he references the fact that Benitez had set them up for that for two years. Is it a case that he's doing just what needs to be done to guarantee survival, and then in the summer when he has a full preseason? He will get one or two players in that that he wants personally, and he has a full preseason to work on the way he wants to play. That's what he's aiming for now. Yeah, to be fair, that isn't the first time he's said that today. It's not something he's just said off the top of his head in blind panic after a game that you know didn't didn't go Newcastle way. He said that. I think if you go back to his program notes, I sound like a right nerd saying that. I go back to his program notes on uh, New Year's Day. It was because it was a good line that that stuck out. He said that basically, you know. This is phase one. They get, they won't need to get through the season. They need to stay up, and eventually they will tweak things. They're getting different players in now. Um, they'll play in a different way. You know whether they're gonna. You know whether they're ever gonna ever be able to play. 
you know, this heavy metal football that, that Liverpool play or this squash buckling style that Man City can play doesn't seem like it. They can't bring in the players that those clubs can. So you have to be careful in the Premier League because if you if you go gung-ho, sometimes you get picked off and you lose games like today, never mind take a point. So a little dose of realism must um, come into it. But, you know, Newcastle now, 31 points, as I say, 13 games to go. Um, going in the winter break, Premier League-wise, still got the cup game on Tuesday. Things could be a lot worse. I've been a Newcastle fan a long time. Things could be a lot, lot worse than they are at the moment. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm just saying I've seen a lot, lot worse. And hopefully they can, um, hopefully they can get through in the cup on Tuesday, and then we go away for the break. And I think everyone will feel pretty relaxed. What did you make of the booze? Were booze at half time? Booze at full time? Justified? People are entitled to, you know, they've paid the money, so they're entitled to their opinion, I suppose. Um, I don't think the players felt the same way, though. If you, my observations were that the players, some of the players, actually came off the pitch with smiles on their faces because, from from their view, their in their sort of professional mindset, they're like, we haven't played well today. Norwich have had the better chances. We've come off with a point. We've come off with a clean sheet. That's why the Newcastle players are smiling professionally. They've taken a step closer to the the first target of the season. So, not it's not that they're not taking it seriously. They see this as a decent point. Now, that's the difference between like the fan mentality and the professional footballers' mindset. And I guess we're in the middle, trying to make sense of it all as much as we can. But realistically. You're gonna get if you don't beat bottom of the league, you're gonna get booed off at St James Park. Uh, and there's no there's no other way around it. Three uh, new faces today. We'll just focus on Ben Salah playing in the middle with Hayden. For me, they were far too deep every time. St Maximin and Almiron went forward down the flanks. They were looking to spread the ball in the middle, but there was no one there. They seemed a little bit apprehensive of, of pushing up too far, coming across that halfway line. Um, First of all, are you surprised at that? And and second of all, what did you make of, of Bentelab's performance today? Well, first, first in answer to the first question is, was I surprised by it? No, because they've been playing this system now for a long time, you know, under Rafa Benitez. Is this, is this any different to last season when they drew nil-nil with Fulham and they got booed off that day um, when Benitez was here and afterwards he'd come out and said, it's going to take a miracle to stay up. It's not going to take a miracle to keep Newcastle up this year. They'll do it at a canter. And I can say that confidently because they just look like a team that are going to churn points out. Um, Bentaleb still getting still getting there, isn't he? Match fitness wise, looked a bit rusty last week. Um, got good sort of, you know, good on the ball. Uh, but yeah, played very deep. That he's clearly being deployed to do that. Maybe Hayden was a man who was meant to get on the ball and push up a little bit more. Steve Bruce criticised his midfield in his press conference, and Hayden didn't look didn't look chuffed, did he? When he came off, he was he was shaking his head. So he's trying to put Sean Longstaff on, bit better from Sean Longstaff today than he has been in recent weeks. But just Newcastle just didn't have the spark. But the one player that looked like he was going to win it for them was Saint Maximin, and he ran out of steam. And Newcastle had to make changes. So here we are, nil nil. 
and one man that was missing from the squad just before I ask you to give us one positive was was Matty Longstaff I mean he would have been probably many people's choice to maybe slot in into that middle um, with an hour gone but I mean was it just a case he just wasn't in the squad today is there anything you can tell our listeners well I did hear a whisper that he, he had a bit of a, a niggle or a knock I haven't had time to double check that one yet um, obviously there's a lot of stuff floating around about his contract situation in the Milan of all teams linked with him again um, the other day on deadline day I don't think they were ever going to come in for a bit now it was always a summer thing but the stories have re-emerged it's a situation Newcastle they need to sort out and it's a worry because Newcastle could lose a, a good player if they're not careful so we'll see we'll see how that one develops but um, I'm, I don't think it's a massive wor- short term worry I think he'd probably be involved against Oxford in the Cup next week and finally from you then Lee I ask Kieran and I'll ask Mark as well for one positive can <laughs> you give us one? well I guess the positive is you look at the you look at the league table as we stand at the minute Newcastle are 10th and you go back to the summer um when, when I think uh, when I got we got on the flight to China, and the whole of Newcastle's world was just in in tatters. Social media was in meltdown over something different. Um, when Steve Bruce was you know poised to take the job, and people didn't want him in charge, fans didn't want him. Um, so the one positive is top ten, thirty one points, little step closer to safety. Would have been nice to get on a thirty three, but. I think the positive is you can go into February and not feel threatened by relegation, which is it has been the case in, in recent times. Are Newcastle 10 points better off now than they were this time last year? Um, I know people seem to be getting a bit irked by that, but the reality is they are doing better than they were last year. Steve Bruce is doing better than Benitez was at this time last year, and those are the facts. So going back to your question, the positive for me is, is that 10th place tonight not threatened by relegation I, I think that's I think fans can at least have a half on that tonight Thank you Lee thank you very much off to find Mark Douglas to wrap up this episode We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far it's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group the North East number one family owned Toyota Mazda and Suzuki dealership group please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through wherever you get your podcasts from uh, now joined by Mark Douglas. Mark, um, I've been asking Lee and Kieran to start um, with one positive from that game <coughs> that we saw today. So you're positive from the nil-nil draw with Norwich. It's over. Um, I mean, the positive is that they didn't lose, isn't it, I suppose? Um, but in terms of entertainment value, performance, dynamism... Kind of any kind of semblance of a plan or an idea to how to break down Norwich or even kind of counter their, you know, they, they were a better attacking team, even counter their, their ideas. Um, there was none. Um, the mitigation is, you know, they, they look a tired team, they, they, they're missing some key players, but, you know, that's not good enough today from Newcastle United with the resources they've got. You know, I know this isn't Newcastle United of 1995, 96, and it's even not even the Newcastle United of sort of, you know, four or five years ago in terms of you know the players they've got, but they've they've got to be better than that. They've got to do better than that. Um, it's you know they're playing against a team at the bottom of the league. 
Norwich aren't a bad team. You know, they're, they're, they're better than the point number of points they've got. But um, Newcastle have to do better than that. You know, it, two weeks running now, it's been it's been poor. And uh, you know, we've praised them for a lot of good stuff that they've done. You know, the team is resilient. You know, the great effort. Um, but they need they need freshening up in terms of ideas and things. Transfer window's gone now. They can't bring anybody else in. Can't bring a striker in. They they had chances to bring strikers in. They've decided not to do that. They've decided to persevere with what they've got. So now it's on it's on um, the coaches and the manager and well the head coach and the coaches to improve because if they play like that many more times they're going to lose on Tuesday. Definitely, if they play anywhere near that, and they won't win many more Premier League games either. And they've got enough points to be a platform to stay up, but. You know, hey, you know the the, the Palace, uh, sorry, the, the the Chelsea and Everton points, which were very fortunate, now look crucial because um, although it's a seven point gap now, they took four points kind of undeservedly from that week, um, and without that, they'd only be three points off the drop zone, and you'd be really worried. But obviously, they're not. So, what's it's what's amazing. I was going to ask about the, the transfer in there because obviously we spoke to Steve Bruce afterwards and he was asked about um, the way they've played in the past uh, few games. Um, and he, what stood out for me was he said with the problems you could that we've had with Joan Almiron over the last two or three weeks, it would have been lovely to retain them. I haven't got the luxury of changing things at that end of the pitch. Now, that goes back to bringing in a striker, does it? Yes, I, and... You know they've kind of they've explained why they didn't, or Bruce has explained why they didn't do that, um, which is that he didn't feel there was anybody out there that would be significantly better than what they've got in terms of you know he's weighed up he's weighed up the the differing competing sort of priorities of in his opinion spending you know or, or using some of the budget to bring a striker in and that, then that money not being available in the summer because he you know, believes that the money will be there in the summer for him if he hasn't done it now. So, for example, they've turned away from Tosin, who was, you know, probably would have been six, seven million to get to the end of the season, probably with a loan fee of two, three million, whatever, and the fees and all that. Um, he's decided that, look, I'll, I'll put all that money into the, the, um, the end of the season. So that's, that's what he's done. They've explained that. So then I know a lot of people sort of saying, well, it's on you that you haven't got any options. And, and of course it is, because it's his judgment call that he's done that. Um, and I think what he's referring to there is that we'll have some of those players back in time for Arsenal. Obviously not in time for Tuesday, but for, for Arsenal after the winter break, um, they will have some of those players back. So that's what he means. But I can understand why supporters would say, well, why didn't you sign a striker then? Because you had the chance. And it's a fair point, you know. And at the end of the day, that's that. When people were angry yesterday about them not signing a striker, it was because of what's happened today. Um, and it's all very well me sitting here, and I know, you know, some people have the opinion that maybe we're a bit too positive sometimes about things. Um, but I totally understand that if you've spent your hard-earned money to watch today, and you would be a bit frustrated. It's fair to say, and justifiably because you know look it, it, the, the end game for the Newcastle this season is to stay in the Premier League I don't think it's the only thing that they need to do but that is the end game this season but that is not enough 
And just sticking with Bruce's quotes, um, he said right from the off, we look jaded. Um, so, you know, effectively said they look tired, but that's, he said that after the Oxford game as well. And again, fans would say, well, if you can tell that right from the off, you know, A, why don't you change it? And B, how can you still be saying that after, you know, two games in a row sort of thing? And of course, Bruce would probably argue, well, actually, we haven't got the players to rotate. So we're going around in full circle a little bit. But, you know, is it a fair comment to say that the player, it's, it's understandable that the players are tired and looking a bit jaded? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he mentioned today Jellington and Almiron and, and uh, as playing pretty much every minute of, you know, every minute so far over Christmas as well. And, you know, the Christmas period was tough for them, wasn't it? They, they played a lot of games. Two replays, um, which again it's their fault, isn't it? You know they should have seen Rochdale and Oxford off um, at the first time of asking, but you know they've, they've not done that, so they've got to play those those games. They did look jaded. Alan's maximum today. I think Steve Bruce said afterwards didn't he, that he didn't think he was 100, percent which is worrying him. I don't think we'll see him at Oxford on on Tuesday. We'll probably see Christian Atsu. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the question mark is, isn't it? What do you bring in? Well, he's got. In terms of midfield options, he's got Sean Longstaff, um, who's you know bang out of form, who came on today. He's got the two new lads who he's he's got. Um, he's brought in Lazaro, who was on the bench today, and Rose, who uh, who you know he hasn't brought in. I mean, they've obviously got Ben Taleb, who I think looks rusty as well. I think a couple of nice touches from him. I think he's I think he'll get better, um, and probably you know. They need a box-to-box midfielder, and um, he's meant to be the one, but he doesn't look anywhere near match fit. It's intense, is the Premier League, isn't it? And um, he doesn't look—he doesn't look quite at it yet. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I suppose his argument would be we haven't got—we haven't got the players. I mean, it all feels a bit like the the, the 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 transfer window. I think they added three good players, but it's—it's—it was never going to be transformative. The transfer window, so. We are where we are, as I think they say. And uh, if the club want to build a bit of momentum into the summer, if this takeover is not happening, you know, I think they're either going to have to go for it a little bit more, and obviously the FA Cup is the opportunity to do that, or they're going to have to accept that people aren't going to be particularly excited about next season if this is the kind of performances that we're going to see. And, you know, as much as we've been really positive, and I think Steve Bruce has done a cracking job really to get them to 31 points after the number of games that they are given what he had in the summer but um, you know they can't expect praise for the last few performances because I think you know he said today he admitted that the last three games have been poor but really you could extend a case to like they haven't played well and really convinced for, for a while you know I couldn't remember the last time that I've come here and thought I've really enjoyed that maybe Bournemouth, you know, Manchester United, Manchester City. Um, there's been spells in the other games where they've been you know, been good to good good, you know, there's been some nice bits. Um but you know, this these are the kind of games where you expect Newcastle to to sort of show off a little bit. And you know, for all the comparisons with Rafa and you know, it was mentioned today they've played this way the last two, three years. They you know, towards the end of the last season Newcastle did Start to turn the screw against some of the teams around, you know, around and, and below them. So, you know, against Huddersfield, I think it was around this time last season, they blew them away, didn't they? Won 3 0, um, beat Southampton. Um, so it, it's not beyond, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be considered too much of an ask for Newcastle to at least put up a performance against Norwich, at least go for it a little bit. Um, 
but they're just not there at the moment, are they? And I think they just have to take the criticism of, of, of that one. Um, but they're going to have to get better. There's, 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 big, there's big improvements that need to be made all over here. And, uh, you know, if this takeover, um, depending on what happens with that, um, you know, we kind of, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just assuming that it's not for the purposes of the podcast at the moment. I don't want people to read too much into that. But I'm just saying that if 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 the situation is as it remains, they're going to have there's a lot of work to do, an awful lot of work to do because they're doing okay at the moment on in terms of tenth in the league. But I think we all know that it's not it's not a tenth in the league kind of performance, is it? They will if they keep performances like this next season as well. They're going to be you know they're going to be struggling. Back to what happened on the pitch, Dan Yedlin. Obviously, he's been out with that hand injury. He's come back in and he was getting some really good positions. He was having a lot of joy down the right. But from the opportunities he had to get the ball in the box, you only managed to get one in where Julian forced a good save out of Tim Krul and then the ball fell to Almiro and he should have scored. He put it wide. And it was just disappointing because they had chances to, like we said, get it in the box, but the ball just wouldn't beat the first man. And, you know, that's not acceptable in, in Sunday league football, yet alone on the Premier League stage. Yeah, and the dead balls were poor as well today, weren't they? And and there was too many times when the ball didn't get past the first man. I thought both teams were really responsible for it. Both teams were, um, you know, I would you know, have to admit that the, the, the quality in the final third wasn't there today. You could see why both of these teams have only scored you know, among the lowest scorers in the league. But but Yedlin's a funny one, isn't he? Because on his day he can be he can look really explosive and his pace. You know, Newcastle are meant to be a team with a bit of pace and they have in Yedlin, Almiron, um, St Maximum, but today they looked laboured. Um St Maximum ran into too many blind alleys. Almiron, I think he does tr- tremendous work, but today he just didn't really have that guile in the final third. And Yedlin was part of the problem. He came off for for Lazaro. I think maybe maybe Lazaro will We'll play, maybe play on. Um, we can't play on Tuesday, can we? Because because the first game. But he he might feature against Arsenal or or um, in in the next few games after that. I, I think that's the problem Newcastle have at the moment is they've got too many players of that level. Um, they need a few difference makers, um, and they need a better plan. Really, I think they need to. It's a, it's a, you know it, it was today very much more of what we're used to. Just finally from yourself, Mark, Joe Linton, obviously, like you mentioned, he's had that header. Um, any signs of improvement from him today? I don't want to, I don't want to cane the guy. I, I thought for 30 minutes he looked, you know, it was one of his better performances. Um, you know, he's strong, um, won a few games, but uh, won a few headers, obviously nearly scored. The problem is, it's like, how low are the expectations with him now? Uh, are we Are we applauding him because... You know he's doing that, or are we kind of reflecting on what was another ninety minutes? Looks laboured, looks slow. You know, my my concern is that what has Steve Nixon seen in him, or whoever it is who's seen him? What have they seen in him? Because I don't know too many Premier League strikers who aren't quick off the mark, who who aren't who don't have that 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 kind of explosive pace, um, or at least a bit of pace, because he, he's slow, isn't he? And, and I think that's well, not slow. Slow's not maybe not the right word, but he's not particularly quick. Um, so you've got to, if you're not quick, you've got to be good at other things. You've got to be really good in the air. You're going to be strong. You're going to be technically really good. And I don't think he's got. I don't think he's so much better technically than a player you could have maybe picked up for 15 million. Aerially, you know that cross from Matt Ritchie today. 
Andy Carroll would have loved that. Um, Rondon would have loved that. I think we've just been sitting in the press room there. And, and to be honest with you, and I don't want to sound harsh with this, but Jocelyn would have got his head on it. Would have put his, you know, put himself in arm's way and, and got his head on it. It might not have gone in the goal. It might have gone over. But you know, I just looked at that and I thought, where's the? You know, we've played with these guys for for long now. Where's that? And and that's my worry is that I think that's that's what we're all worried about with Jolinton is it's it's not about confidence. It's not. About, is there anything there? Is is there enough there to suggest that he's going to be the answer? Um, and I think we're still searching for that moment. Um, who knows? Maybe it's going to be there, um, but I don't think today again we saw enough to suggest that he's going to be the answer for all stuff. I hope there's something there we're not seeing, um, because in the matches we're not seeing it yet. Um, hopefully, behind the scenes they think they, they think look he's there. It's just he needs this or he needs that. But at the moment, I just I, you know I have my concerns about him. I, I don't see him as ready to take off just yet. Um, but uh, let's hope that he proves me wrong. Let's hope that they go on Tuesday, win the game, go into the, the, the um, break with a bit of a bit of momentum. But I, I fear for them on Tuesday playing like they did today. I fear for them. I really do. That was a cross from the left. And I think Joe Linton did feel like he needed a penalty with Grant Hanley on his back. Yeah. It would have been soft. But just yeah, actually... Maybe, <coughs> maybe, maybe, maybe there was that. Maybe that maybe that's what you just reminded me there was that you know, Grant Hanley's not comfortable on the ball. None of that defence was. And we only saw really two or three times when they were chased down. And one actually led to what would have been an opportunity on Gruel had Yedlin not been tripped down. I think it was by Brian after Almiron had chased down Cruel. And you're just thinking, why, why weren't they doing that more? Because we this defence is notoriously known for not being good when you're chased down. There was a cross by St Maximum, which uh, I think Byron got on the end of, and Krula had to tip wide. But again, why wasn't Jolinton breaking his neck to get there? Yeah, and I think I think there are valid questions about whether you know whether they're tactically, um, you know, they can change enough uh, because we've seen them do it against the better teams. You know, I think they've got a good plan. When they play against the top teams, you know they, they've generally done quite well against the top six. Um, but the bottom six, they don't really seem to have a plan. Um, and that was where you know, like last season, you were you were kind of confident that they Newcastle knew how to play against the, the teams around the bottom. They knew how to exploit their weaknesses. Um, they, and I just don't think yet they've kind of got there yet this season. I mean afterwards. Steve Bruce was kind of singing the praises of Norwich, saying, "You know, oh, they've beat Man City and they've taken points off this, that, and the other." And they are playing quite well at the moment, Norwich. You know, let, let's not, you know, they're, they're not as bad as maybe their points. But Newcastle have got to have more. Um, they've got to tactically be a little bit more, um, a, li- a little bit more kind of, I don't know. They've got to have more of an idea and a, pl- and a plan. And um, I think that's maybe the, uh, you know, that's maybe the slight concern, isn't it, that possibly. There's a an end game with this this kind of way of playing, and uh, yeah, they're still picking up points, so fair enough. But it's not it's not pretty, and it's not much fun. Well, there we have it, Mark. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Everything Is Black and White podcast live from St James's Park. <laughs>